there are many motives that uh, encourage the Palestinian people to go on the streets to demonstrate the to demonstrate in the march of return. And one is that the Palestinians need to remind the world that we have a right to return to the Palestinian uh, land stolen by the Israelis. Uh, it is worthy. You know, it, we have to um, to say that more than seventy percent or. Um, more more than than seventy percent of the Palestinian people living in Gaza Strip are refugees, and they were displaced from their homes and lands in 1948. And apparently, the world has uh, started to forget that truth about the Palestinians. The Palestinians also started uh, to demonstrate because they want to remind the world that we have a right to return, and we want to return to our lands and homes. Uh, occupied by Israel. The second reason is that the Palestinians are demonstrating because they want to show the world that we are living in siege, and they want to uh, demonstrate the siege against the against the Palestinian people. The Palestinians have been living in uh, in Gaza Strip in a blockade uh, by the Israeli army for more than 11 years, and the Palestinians are now living the most stif stifling situation since uh, the first intifada or the second intifada. There is no electricity, no water. We have only three hours of electricity a day. The water is undrinkable. By 2020, Gaza will be unlivable for, for humans. So the Palestinians have more than one reason uh, to demonstrate. And the last reason is that the Palestinians are demonstrating against Trump relocation of his embassy to Jerusalem. I think the Palestinians are living very hard situation, very hard life, and they are and they have like nothing to do but to knock all the doors, like demonstrating in the march of return, and you know, being exposed to killing and injured is is just a way that they want to express themselves. They are just trying to knock all the doors, and the Palestinians they started or they tried the peaceful demonstrations for a long time and did not give them anything. But today they want to intensify their peaceful demonstrations to show the world that they are not terrorists and they are just asking their rights peacefully. But the Israelis are not responding in a peaceful manner. The Israelis are shooting at the Palestinians, maiming them. The Israelis are using uh, a strategy uh, of uh, suppressing the Palestinian uh, protesters by either killing them or maiming them. And that's really uh, contradictory to the international uh, humanitarian law. Tell us about the protests leading up to the day of the massacre. There had been daily protests from March 30th, Palestinian Land Day onwards, six weeks, in fact, of continuing protests at the Gaza border. And there were many people killed and wounded by the Israeli army during that period. What is not well known, what has not been presented to a Western media audience, is that these protests were not simply non-violent, but wonderfully creative, involving music and dance and kite flying and all manner of collective cultural and social activities. Right. Tell us about those protests, Ahmed, and particularly their creative dimension. Yes, unfortunately, the media or the Israelis are accusing the Palestinians of demonstrating violently. But in fact, the Palestinians... In their uh, camps and their uh, demonstrations, they do not do what the Israelis are accusing them of doing. They don't. Um, the Israelis are uh, accusing the Palestinians of throwing stones, throwing Molotov cocktail. But the Palestinians mainly, what they do in the um, demonstration camps is that they gather. Sometimes they dance. They do their weddings there. They do cultural events. They do reading, uh, reading clubs. Sometimes university professors invite their students to to have their lecture at the march of return at the camps. Um, some people, um, when you go there, you would find lots of people with the stands selling uh, vegetables, fruits, uh, juice. 
peacefully. They, they are very, very peaceful, and they are uh, mixing life, uh, and they're adding a, a sense of life uh, there. When I went there, I was mixed. I was shocked with the with the side of the Palestinians who are. Um, they are doing like their weddings at the march of return. Israel only focuses on the very, very few people who throw stones at the Israelis. That's not really true because when I, I went there and I attended all the demonstrations like every day I go and I would see hundreds of thousands of Palestinians being there, doing their cultural events, doing their dabka, their dancing, their weddings, their lectures, their reading. And I would see only very, very few, like two to three people throwing stones. But these stones can never, ever reach the Israeli army. The Israeli army are fortified behind hills of, of, uh, of sand and they are covered. And these stones can never reach the Israelis, but Israel accuses that all the, the peaceful protesters are, are throwing stones. Now we come to the day of the massacre itself, May 14th, a day that will live in infamy and may yet mark a historical turning point, a point at which terminal decline set in for the apartheid state of Israel. 62 Palestinians killed, including seven children and nearly 3,000 wounded. Tell us what you experienced on the day, Ahmed. Tell us what you saw. I went there and uh, actually it was um, horrific. It was a real massacre. I was there and the Palestinians did what they always uh, try to do to demonstrate peacefully. But the Israelis responded so violently. I was there and um, I was like so far away from the fence, like 300 meters away from the fence. And we have to know that uh, this fence is not a border actually. The border separates between two countries but we don't we, we are not a country we don't have sovereignty and the israelis are putting this this uh fence to separate between us and them it's like uh, it's like an apartheid fence you know these peaceful protesters just wanted to say that we have a right to return to our homelands but the israelis again violently uh, reacted to them i was there i was so far away from the fence but uh, while I was there, I, w I would just see people fall while they are so far away from the fence and do nothing, not even throwing stones. They would just fall. The Israeli snipers used to uh, snipe and kill as many people as they want. One of the people I saw, like in front of me, uh, that he got a bullet in his eye and there was lots of blood uh, flooding from his, uh, from his eye. He, he was instantly killed. I saw many people also being shot in their legs and their knees. And they were actually so far away from the fence. But the Israelis do not discriminate between the people. Like, they, they think that all the Palestinians are targets, all the Palestinians are deserve death, all Palestinians should be killed. I saw many people killed there, I saw many people injured, and I, when I returned home, I was never the same. I was shocked, because seeing that peaceful protesters, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians gathering uh, in a peaceful manner, and they are... They are shot and killed and injured and two gassed. I was also two gassed three times. Uh, one one uh, was on Monday. And I was so far away from the fence. And, and their gas is not normal. Actually, some of their gas like um, cause uh, nervous breakdown. It causes people vomit. Uh, some people are still in, in, in coma for three or four weeks because they inhale this gas. Many doctors, many Palestinians are saying that this gas is not two gas, actually, it's a chemical weapon. And they are testing their chemical weapon 
on their uh, on the Palestinian uh, on the Palestinian lives. Watching from afar, one of the exciting aspects of the protests has been the involvement of young people, tens of thousands of vibrant, creative, intelligent, determined young people, willing and able to pursue new forms of protest, new tactics to achieve freedom for their people. Again, contrary to Western media reports, many of those young people are not affiliated to Hamas nor Fatah nor indeed any political party. You are a young man yourself, of course, Ahmed. How important has been the involvement of your generation in these protests? Yes, I think that that was a very good thing about the March of Return, is that it did not include only the youth, but it includes all Palestinian people and types. I, when I was there, some people, they are one or two years old, gathering with their families i would see entire families the young and the old i would even saw people who are in their 80s i would see so many women participating in the march of return kids young youth old men all kind of people all different kind of palestinian people are protesting in the march of return and that's really new and that indicates how peaceful the march of return is what will happen now ahmed i have seen several commentators describe this massacre as israel's sharpville israel's soweto it's possible the veil is finally lifting on the Israeli state, that it can no longer pretend to stand for human rights, to be an island of democracy in an ocean of oppression. It is itself an agent of oppression, the subjugator of an entire nation of people. Are you hopeful that more people all around the world, including the United States, will now see Israel for what it so clearly is, a racist colonial criminal state? I am very hopeful and very uh, optimistic because I'm a project manager of We Are Not Numbers. All of my work is focused on media, on the international media. And this is really changing. Like two or three months ago, you would see all the international media bias the Israeli uh, narrative. But now I, I, I think and I see that uh, the media is changing and they are, they are finally beginning to, to see Israel as it is they are not being biased anymore like they are still biased but they are changing and there is really big progress on their part and i really hope that with the peaceful protests with the peaceful demonstrations that we are doing i hope that more and more media like the international media would change and see israel as it really is and see the palestinians as they really are i encourage you and encourage all the international media to to just to come and get to gaza and see for themselves what really is happening on the ground finally ahmed what is your message to our listeners how might they better inform themselves of the situation in gaza and how might they best express solidarity with the people of gaza let me um thank you let me just first start with a personal story with me to um to tell them how it is really important for for us to hear you and uh, to know that you are caring and knowing about us. In the last Israeli war, I lost my brother and five of my friends. And for me, it was very devastating. It was really, really uh, depressing. And I, I was, uh, after the war, I sank into deep depression. And one reason, and the biggest reason behind my depression was that I lost one and I lost many people. Uh, many loved people, but what hurt me, what killed me, that no one would care about me. About me, the international media, the international community would not care about me because they think that we are terrorists and we don't deserve life. For me, uh, knowing or seeing that there are some people around the world who know about us and who care about us, who know the truth, the really truth, is really really helpful. 
and I really encourage the international, uh, all the international people to just know the truth, read more about the truth. If they know the truth and they stand with us, they just show that they care about us, we would be very in, in a very much better condition and situation. I advise you, advise all the great people of Australia to read more about the Palestinian cause, to read uh, the Palestinian narrative. They, they shouldn't like just depend on the uh, American or the Zionist biased media because that is misleading. They are misleading and they are saying very ma many lies uh, about the Palestinian people. I encourage them, I encourage you to read more about the Palestinians, the Palestinian narrative, to read uh, our stories, to join our uh, our um, project. It's called We Are Not Numbers. We write stories about the Palestinians in Gaza. We write about the many aspects of life in Gaza. And I really encourage them to read our stories, to join our website, and you will know more about the Palestinians, and you will know more about the truth, about what's going on on the ground in Gaza.